0: Podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, daylight burners. Happy Monday. Hope the weekend treated you all right. It wasn't too bad here. Uh, turned cold though. I was not prepared for it. It was. Uh, it was really chilly, and uh, yeah, did not like it. Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. Um, anyhow, got a cool show for you today. Uh, Mr. Bill Plouf, he's out of uh, Eastern Montana. And, uh, he, he contacted me on, uh, on Facebook the other day. He's a friend of Dan Hartman, who's a friend of the show. And, um, yeah, I just had a really, really cool conversation with him. I think you guys will like this one. So, uh, um, also, before we we move along, for everybody who's not subscribed to the Patreon episodes, uh, we released uh, another episode with Mister Boots O'Neill. Uh, those will be uh, I'm calling them Sundays with Boots. Back to that, and um, when I when I get a chance to to call him and have a have a chat with him, I will uh, I will try to get that recorded and posted to the Patreon only. So anyway, if you're not subscribed and you want to hear from boots O'Neill go ahead and head over to patreon.com slash burning daylight and you can subscribe there so anyway um, here is mr bill Ploof the punchy pig farming preacher did I get there yeah the punchy pig farming preacher mr bill Ploof and right, let's get into it yeah. Sure, you sit up tall I can see the horizon It's looking pretty bright Well, get your ass
1: moving Sun, you're burning daylight
0: wear off like a herd of turtles. Um <clears throat> I uh for everybody tuning in, um uh, burning daylight listeners, I've got a fella named Bill Pluff here. Uh, I'm guessing that's Pluff, how Plough. Okay.
2: Pluff. yeah. Just kind of Ploof, I'm gone. So
0: i <laughs> <laughs> Bill Bill I like that. Bill Ploof. Um and uh and Bill messaged me here the other day and uh he he was saying he's a friend of Dan Hartman's and uh and they he uh, listened to the podcast and wondered what know what it took to get on. And I I told him not not much because uh, I'll argue with a post, but I'll talk to anybody. And uh, <coughs> and we uh, we we got to message him back and forth, and uh, and he, he told me a little bit about what he's got going on. And uh, I was like, man, I uh, yeah, I I want to talk to this guy. And also, I like you you uh, you said you're a pig farming uh cowboy preacher uh some I'm
2: the punchy pig farming preacher
0: there we go there we go and uh <laughs> mm. and, and i i, I didn't want to offend you but like and then we got to talking you know we're, we're we've both been around cowboys plenty plenty enough and uh you uh you're you're the guy that we all try to try to live up to you know, like we're, we're like hey yeah, uh, well, be more be more like bill okay don't don't be an asshole be like bill all right and uh, so um but anyway I, I just i it was one of those i got I, I just like talking to people and uh and uh i, I don't know where this conversation is gonna go and uh I, I really don't care i just i i look visit i look forward to visiting with you so um yeah you guys just sit back mm-hmm. and uh and enjoy the ride
2: well, well, I'm going to start out there with you. Just, I was thinking about you said you spent time over there in Big Sandy on the IX, and yes, sir. Uh, I grew up on I grew up on the High Line of Malta there, and uh, um, you you were and you were talking to Greeley Shum when you said you figured out why all them people fight up there is because they're so cold and they're mad and they just punch each other because of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm having grown up on the High Line and having before my time with Christ been quite a pugilist I think you're right and that's the only (laughs) only thing is the only thing we had besides cold weather in Malta Montana right next to it is Saco Montana and it's the mosquito capital of the world so we had really cold winters and mosquitoes all summer long Mm. so yeah we're 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 pretty we're pretty rangy I I guess might be the word to use and and so when you were talking about you know that's why we fought. I think you hit the nail right on the head, Matt. You, <laughs> just just right, fight, so. fighting,
0: mad all the time. All, yeah, well, time. I think it's to
2: keep. It's probably half of it's just to keep warm in the winter. I mean, it's. I remember I grew up south of Malt, the Part of my life, and we grew up uh, part of when I when I in my younger years, we were out on my mom's uh, side of the family's homestead. Her her great grandpa and his brothers uh, homesteaded it in 1908. And what's kind of interesting is we still have the wagon they homesteaded with. And oh, so that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, my dad passed away and I'm going to get all of his wagons and stuff. And so that one will be coming down here to my place and stuff now. And, but anyway, uh, you know, and it just, and I remember getting snowed in out there for two weeks at a time and just told as can be in the power, would go out and we'd be melting snow on the stove just to get water for dishes <laughs> and, and cooking and stuff. And, and so, and then the uh, second part of my, you know, my my, we moved into what would have been my dad's family's place. Then, when we got into about oh, latter my latter part of uh, grade school, we moved there, and it was a mud farm. So there were a lot of irrigating there, and the mosquitoes and stuff. But uh, and so, you know, there again, I, I the hard winters are definitely something that um, I'm used to. But um I don't like them anymore moving south of the Missouri River to Lewistown. It's funny because usually it's twenty degrees colder up there in Malta and uh it's getting to be a better place to visit than to live.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I have I, I feel the same way about southeast Colorado now too. Like I I live here in this, this little valley in, in Nevada and it's kind of a banana belt. Like it gets it gets hot enough in the summer. Like it'll get over a hundred degrees but not for very long and not for very many days at a time. And then it'll get down close to zero, but I don't, I don't know if I've ever, I've been here five years now and I don't know if it's ever been below zero. So like, it's, it's not that cold. I mean, it'll, it'll get cold enough to be irritating, but, but like not real, it's not Montana cold It's not even close to Montana cold. And, uh, And so like I get a little bit spoiled and and then I'll look at the, the weather app on my phone and see, see my hometown. And it's cause it's very similar climate to, to Southeast Colorado, except without the, the highs and the lows, like, uh, like you can knock about 10 degrees off the high and about 30 degrees up from the low, uh, uh, as c- compared to back home is where I got now. So uh, it's, it's a real type of banana belt. And so when it's like 10, 15, 15 degrees here and, and, and pretty cold, you know, and then we're, we're also on the river. So you get the moisture and it makes it a little colder and I'm feeling a little miserable. I'll look up back home and it's 15 degrees with a 60 mile an hour wind and, uh, the wind chill of minus 30. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, yeah. yo, I, 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 this is better. <laughs> this is better. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I
2: can totally relate to that because right here in Lewistown, we got five small mountain ranges around us. They call it the Snow Hole because we do generally get more snow than up at up at home. But it's funny, we're one hundred and thirty degrees, one hundred and thirty miles south of where I grew up, and you're right, it's about that same kind of thing. It's about twenty degrees warmer in the winter, and about 10 15 degrees cooler in the summer and you know we'll hit a few days it might knock on 95 maybe 100 but it's it knocks here but it does the door doesn't open and yeah here Malta man I'll tell you what in the summer oh my goodness you just you know it was just rough but the, the challenge we have is and, and I'm probably going more towards I know like my my wife struggles with a garden's a little harder to grow here though because mm. we don't get some of that warmer warmer weather yeah. I, I heard my dad my dad was a bit of a gardener, so she'd sit and look at him and my dad had literally grow potatoes that would really feed feed my family of four, one potato, you know. And she's yeah. struggling to get potatoes, but yet on the other hand, most our grasses and our crops that are around here are obviously over time have adapted to the climate we're in. And so but um yeah, like I say, I I I still struggle a little bit. The mentality here is a little different than the Eastern Montana mentality. But, uh, on the flip side of that, uh, the weather climate and my family living here, uh, yeah, I kind of like living here a lot more than I used to. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. So. Well,
0: um, <laughs> yeah. well tell me a little bit about that Eastern Montana mentality, because that's, that's yeah. where the, that's where the old timers went was Eastern Montana. Like, like they 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 uh they kind of went up in the in the Missouri breaks and whatnot, but they for the most part that those first couple of drives were there on the plains because that's what they knew. Yeah,
2: you know it's interesting because as I messaged you, I spent about six different summers out on Tucrow, which is in uh, right on the Missouri. Well, actually, uh, Crooked Creek runs through it, and it runs a little bit over into the Missouri River. But there's, I believe, it's called Lodgepole Creek, and mm-hmm. it's right there, kind of where the the it runs the it's the uh muscle shell runs into the missouri and that was actually the final trailhead of most of the uh uh drives that came up from from down south or a lot of them for this area you know and then they disperse them out from that area and stuff but you know it's just like for me i'm um even my vet the other day when we was talking i said i know there's not a lot of people that are like me and he's like yeah there isn't bill i you know i kind of I kind of figure if I ain't living out on the edge, I'm taking up too much room, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, the Eastern, I'm just, I guess to kind of think about growing up, you know, I kind of grew up in an area that, you know, like with the smaller farm ranch, you know, we had both farming and ranching and, you know, we, we, we neighbored. you know, you kind of seen what the neighbors did and, you know, the rope and drag and, you know, the cowboy. And, and, you know, and I, I just thinking back as I was thinking about this podcast and my life and just trying to share, you know, some stories and kind of what's shaped me. And, you know, I remember dad riding horses, and riding colts and stuff, but I don't remember seeing him start them, you know? So, um, you know, and, and why that is possibly cause I was at school or, you know, just the different yeah. things he probably fitted in the cracks of life and stuff, but well, you know, and you're, and young, you're not,
0: you're not even paying attention to that
2: yeah exactly exactly and you know but i just remember you know being around horses and I, I about my whole life remembered dad having a team of some team of horses of some kind mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it might have been two saddle horses he threw together you know he finally got to the point where he was driving the black percherons because that's uh he what his he, he remembered his dad farming with the black percherons and so he had black percherons you know up to the end here and stuff and but you know, just the eastern Montana mentality to me is kind of, uh, you know, kind of the you hit that central Montana, and it probably determines kind of how we do things, if you will. And I know you had Marshall on here the other day, and he was saying he was leaning a little bit more buckaroo. We might have to go out there and string him up, and you know, stretch <laughs> him out, and help him get back to the. Yeah. No, I just tell people get tell it, get people his head I mean, right,
0: as they say yeah, in yeah, Texas. I, you know, I, I tell people,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell people I ain't a puncher and I ain't a buckaroo. I'm just a bunch of roo, you know, so it's just kind of, <laughs> and that's the thing is I think a lot of it's just evolved over time of everything, but you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I just remember guys that are a little older than me, 10, 10 years older than me. You kind of looked up to them and you're like, man, them guys were, were cowboys, but you know, I don't ever like as a kid, you know, uh, an outfit in Southern Phillips County that had five to 700 had a cow. You thought that was a big outfit, you know, that's yeah. just kind of what that was big, you know? And, and, you know, yeah, 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 yeah kind of moving my wings out a little bit and I really never cowboyed much out of Montana, but you start finding out, you know, there's bigger places out there yeah. and stuff. And
0: well, I that, have one that's how my, it was go, for me in, in Southeast Colorado. It was like, you know, you you find somebody that had uh, you know five six hundred head, and then they're like the big outfits had you know 1, thousand fifteen hundred, and you're just like, wow, that's you know that's a lot of cows. And then I, then I went to go work at a feedlot and and when you'd <laughs> you'd receive five thousand head in the night, you're just like, ah, that's that's a lot of cows. And then, <laughs> but uh, but then then I you know I was uh, I was when I was at Cactus, we we had uh, some. Anywhere between five and seven thousand head of mama cows when we were trying to do that confined cow calf deal, Ooh. and uh, and that was I mean that was a lot that was a lot, and uh, but then then you look at some of these these outfits here in Nevada and it's you know five to seven thousand head of cows but you're talking a couple million acres and uh, right. and it's not all put together I mean there's like there's big chunks but there's still you know, there, there's a fellow that, uh, like they come to work, uh, with us here the other day. And he was talking about from his camp to, to headquarters was 60 miles. And you're like, they that, that's a big damn ranch. <laughs> that's that's a oh, big ranch. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 You know, being out on two crow, I think mean, it was right. knocking on 50,000 acres, you know, and that's a big. you know, I mean, yeah. really the reality is, is, Anywhere, that's a big place, but in Montana, that's that's knocking on the bigger size of of, you know. There's like I say, bigger places out there, and it was a prominently a yearling outfit, and you know, and and well, right out of I went to college for about a quarter, and I ran out of money, and I went to work for some people in South Phillips County, and they were cow calf operation with yearlings, and 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 that that, they were running on the north side of the Missouri, down in the Missouri breaks, and some onto that C M R game range, and. That's I think where I got my love for yearlings. I, I don't know. Some days I'm like, I ain't a cow calf guy. I almost hate, you know, I almost hate calvin to be honest with you. You know, it's just, I I, I like, and I don't hate it, but I don't like, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I weed run he ran yearlings and I'll tell you what, you start figuring out what a yearling is and, like I can say being wired that way, it was just kind of fun running yearlings down and roping and doctoring and stuff. It is uh
0: it's the sure enough cowboy thing. Like if you if you just never grow out of roping, yearlings are the uh, is your gig. That 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 is okay. your gig. <laughs> yeah,
2: you're, yeah. And then so I, yeah, I landed on that two there. I can't even remember the first summer, you know. And I was out there about three summers, and then I went out there. Two, two summers and managed it, and then I went and helped him get started. Last year changed uh, – the guy leasing it changed, and they asked me to come help him get started. But, yeah, you talk about – it's just like, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just have to rope a yearling because the uh, ear tag was crooked, you know. you uh, just got us right. <laughs> oh, you, that, <laughs> you know?
0: you're, you're telling me I'm <laughs> the same way with Holsteins. That, that one <laughs> – She looks a little more inbred than the next. So I'm going to rope her because of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of start getting a taste of that.
3: You're
2: kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, dad, I appreciate it. Never really saw it, you know, and anyway, so yeah, you kind of get that taste of that yearling deal. And you're kind of like this, this is kind of it here and stuff. But the hard part was, is, It was just a summer gig, and so I was leaving my family back here in Lewistown, and I was going 75, 80 miles away, and, Mm. you know, as soon as you leave home, something's going to go awry, you know. Every
0: time, every time.
2: You know, and the poor wife and kids, and she was actually, that the one summer she was pregnant while I was gone, you know, and relationships. Relationally, I'll admit it probably wasn't the wisest choice I've ever
0: well, made. But. I, let me tell you, when I moved out here, so my my son was born and uh, was born on January eleventh, twenty seventeen, and I moved out to Nevada on March twentieth, twenty seventeen, and uh, my wife and my newborn son and my two year old daughter stayed behind with uh, uh on the property we had just bought. Th- three months before <laughs> and you know, just like uh, if, if that, if that ain't a cowboy story. I don't know what is, yeah, you right. know?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it's, it, it, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I, I was, so we, we were talking about, uh, how, how Montana is just like a different, different type of people up there, you know? Uh, and, and I feel the same way, like Australia, uh, you know, they like they have a different, you know, it was, it was a penal colony for a reason. And, uh, <laughs> and then then there's like the people that just stayed on on the high plains. And, and you know, you and like, I coming from the high plains. I look back at it now, having escaped. And I'm just like, why? Why would you? <laughs> and, uh <laughs> Um, but, but I also think about the different styles of cowboying, and, so I've got a, and I haven't decided if I want to do like a, like a comedy bit or, or a cowboy poem or or a little bit of both, but I, I, I've got a, I've got a bit that I'm working on. It's like the different styles of horsemanship are akin to the different styles of liquor where like the buckaroo, uh Descends from the Vaquero, and the Vaqueros are f- originally Spanish, so they drink the wine and they like the fancy, artistic part of it. And that's where the the Buckaroo came from, because they came from you know Mexico and then California, mm-hmm. but originally from Spain. And then then you got like Kentucky, like they want to be blue bloods, but there's still a bunch of rednecks here in the middle of you know the <laughs> middle part of America. <laughs> Uh, but uh, right. they let, they kind of like to act like they're so so they don't have the scotch like the Scotsmans do, but they got bourbon, which is, is kind of close. But it does. It still doesn't have like the same prestige as as, as scotch. Uh, and then there's a place like Montana, where if you move to Montana and you ordered a, a bar or, you know, ordered a shot of whiskey, it might be turpentine. But you drank <laughs> you, you drank it anyways because that's what you had and that's what I feel about Montana cowboys like that that horse might might be uh, part kangaroo but that's what you have so you you throw your rig on him and step on anyways because what else are you gonna do you, you can um, get on him and try yeah. to ride him or you can just lay there and die I guess
2: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah no I think you you're hitting it right there actually it's interesting because you know they're they're Ended up to be quite a few sorrels and bays, and there's still a lot of sorrels and bays running around this country. And they say that that historically the reason there were so many sorrels and bays that ended up in Montana was because the number of outlaws that ended up in here, and yep. they'd ride them sorrels and bays so that they weren't as distinguished as if mm-hmm. they were riding something that had some color to it. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's you, you say that it's interesting because. Um, yeah, there are definitely a lot of outlaw blood up in this country. You know, uh, just north of here where I grew up there in the in the Little Rockies, you know, it's kind of a little bit legendary with uh, Kid Curry. He was an outlaw, but Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid ended up in that country, some with uh, with Kid Curry and stuff, and and you know, a little bit of my family history on my dad's side. Sometimes I've wondered where my wild streak came, and I actually got a a, a cousin that's – He's about I think ten, he might be closer to twenty years younger than me. And I always said it was a good thing he's younger than me and we didn't grow up together because he's kinda got that same wild streak as I do. He's yeah. got bulls and a lot of the same things as I have. He's grown up now because he's got a wife and kids. But anyway, uh it my my uh my great grandpa or excuse me, my grandpa on my dad's side, he actually bootlegged whiskey for Al Capone for a while there. Oh no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome. it's, kind of, it's kind of funny because I was working in the feed store there right out of college there in Malta, And this old boy comes in there and he was just kind of trying to pull one over on me and be about half miserable. And he looked at me and he said, did you know your grandpa Louie bootlegged whiskey for Al Capone? And I did, you know, and I looked right at him and I says, Well, he had to do something to feed them 11 kids,
0: didn't he, He, Yeah, you you had 11 kids in Montana hoping one would live.
2: (laughs) You know, the thing is, is all of their kids live, Grandpa Louie and Grandma Mabel, but, you know, I just I don't know, I I really like my family history on both sides and just, you know, kind of knowing where I came from and, and what, but it was said my grandpa Louie and grandma Mabel had a little restaurant there on main street in Malta, And like I can say, th- he didn't have all eleven kids when he was bootlegging whiskey, but you had to, you know, somebody pokes a jab at me, I'll push back, you know, kind yeah. of a deal. But anyway, so it, it was told we was at a uh, one, it was at Thanksgiving. It was always the blue family's biggest holiday and we all sitting there one time and the story comes up, but they had three kids crawling around on diapers in the upstairs apartment above this restaurant that grandpa louie was running down below (laughs) and the day that there was gunfire that came up through the the floor of the apartment i guess grandma mabel said it was time to go find a different place to live
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh
3: that's
2: awesome well yeah uh, and so then to, to jump a little bit further back just a little bit of where my history is and maybe i was gonna say like, let's
0: let's uh let's let's take it back to the, the beginning where'd you come from where's your where's your family well, originate and uh well and and all yeah, of that so,
2: yeah so i mean we're, we're on my dad's side we're french descent uh grandpa xavier um he come down out of canada and If I'm trying to remember the history right, he was in Malta for a while. Then he went over to Frenchtown, which is over by Missoula, Montana. And that's why they called it Frenchtown was because it was a French settlement. And then he came back to Malta. And the interesting Uh, thing is...
0: Before you go on too far, I got a question. Yes, sir. Did all the brave men of France move to Canada?
2: I couldn't tell you because they must because... Because I don't be- know there's a whole lot of them left in France, is there?
0: I, I don't think so, you know, and like it used to be like uh, I, I guess Napoleon was kind of like the last like 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 legit like manly man French dude, even though he was a little tiny fella, but he still like he still went out and did some did some shit, but like since then they've kind of been uh, more of a like throw up the white flag, and I wonder if it's just because they all ended up in Canada, and, uh, I, I don't know, because like so those, those, uh, those Frenchmen that, that settled, uh, uh, Canada are like that, that. Those are some, some hard fellas.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Canada, you know, Northern Montana is just an annex to Canada. So, yeah, yeah, southern, it's,
0: Southern it's Canada.
2: Cold, <laughs> cold and rough, but yeah. So grandpa Louis he ran the stagecoach for most of the Zorkman for a while there and stuff. And so, the interesting thing is, is they just brought that stagecoach back to Malta. They sent it off to get it restored and stuff. And I wish I had a new, cause it had been kind of fun to take my team up there to pull it and stuff, but they had a new oh, guy yeah. pull it and stuff. That'd They'd have been awesome. It's, it's there, but see, it's, I didn't realize, you know, it's kind of funny how you grow up and you get older and then you start realizing what your childhood really was but that stagecoach actually sat out in the city park when in the summer as kids and so I played all over it when we'd go into town and stuff yeah so that's yeah. that's pretty fun so yeah so so then my and so my my grandpa's side my grandpa blue side of the family came from Canada and then my my grandma Mabel's side they came from Minnesota and then some of mom's descendants came from Minnesota but then the, the ones that came up to homestead, they came up from Nevada, Missouri, and then they homesteaded south a Malta. And so my mom and dad were both born and raised in Phillips County, Malta, Montana area. And they've never lived out of Phillips County their whole life. They lived over at Dotson for a little while when dad worked for a rancher over there. And then they went over back to Malta to take over uh, the the family farm and ranch uh, after they were married, short after they were married and stuff. so yeah, that's small. Like I say, mom's still up there and dad passed away back in January, but anyway, so yeah, I'm just kind of, kind of rooted in, in Phillips County and I'm still kind of connected because I'm just one County South now. So
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I love, uh, I love hearing those, those stories like that. Those, those are just the best stories, you know, like the the history books will tell us something or other, but like, it's always it's always best to find a period of of history from a textbook that you you think is interesting, and then go find something local, and then and right. then hear some of those stories. Like uh, that that book, um, the worst hard times, you know, about the the Great Depression. That that's that's right right from where the area I grew up, and, and you just yeah. like and, and you, you hear some of the old men. They're just like, oh yeah, I knew that guy. You know, he was he was you know my dad's friend or whatever. And, uh, and it just, uh, and then, then it, it makes, it makes history real.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cause you know, it's, it's easy. Like you say, you can go pick up a history book and we know they're changing them left and right anymore, you know, as far as, as what's, you know, the textbooks and stuff. But yeah, when you start, you know, like you say, the local history, you know, um, have you read that, uh, that book we pointed a most by Teddy blue Abbott?
0: Yes, sir, I have. I, I love that book.
2: Okay, so when they start talking about Drag Creek and uh, Ford Muscle Shell and all of yeah. that, that was what was fun to me because that's right where Two Crow is. That's right where that ranch is. And so, you know, when you, you read that book and then all of a sudden you're riding down Drag Creek or, you know, right where that Muscle Shell, it's underwater mm. now because of the Fort Peck Dam and stuff. It's just, it's amazing how much more alive history becomes to you. And not just alive, I think it becomes important. You start realizing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the just the hard men they were. You know, yeah, you, you you know, sometimes sometimes we think we're dirty tough. And then you're going like, Yeah, I've never just rolled out my bedroll and pulled over a, a buffalo skin over me and slept at night. Yeah. I made sure I was yeah. back at the house or the bunkhouse or <laughs> in a
0: tent. You know? that, that's exactly <laughs> right. And you know, they uh and you know, in the cowboy world here lately, the the Yellowstone and in eighteen eighty three are, are you know hot topics. But like, what? Regardless of what you think of 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 how like they're they're reshaping Montana or whatever. But like, if you go watch eighteen eighty three, and I think they they did a really good job of like tipping their hat to how how it actually happened throughout history and watching how those german settlers just dropped one by one by one you're like that that gives you a whole new respect our perspective of like just how soft we are even even the hardest among us like we're pretty damn soft
2: yeah I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know I'm, I'm knocking on 50 now you know I'll, at the end of this year i'll be 50 and i'm starting to realize the more age i get on me when it starts getting cold outside, the only thing I really care to feed is my wood stove. You know, <laughs> that's you that's thinking, right. <laughs> <laughs> you start thinking, you know, I, I, I my teens and my twenties, I just sat out and gritted my teeth just to show what I can. Now I'm like, well, I've already proved that. I'll be to <laughs> I'm the same the way. It's <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> I, I don't have to prove I'm cowboy anymore. Like yeah, I, I did yeah, that yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, that's kind of my history. I grew up like this right there in Malta. And, you know, I did normal. I don't know if normal high school kid is a good thing, but I was a normal high school kid and, you know, did did the small town USA thing was involved in 4-H and FFA. And just I've always just really had a love for agriculture mm-hmm. as a general rule. You know, my my whole life is. You know, there was a little bit of time during my my junior high year, you know, when your brain quits you, you know, mm-hmm. they to just you gotta just cut your head off and set it on a, a refrigerator oh. until you're about 25 and then give it back to you. But anyway, isn't that uh,
0: about the time when all those those kids decide they're transgender, too? Isn't that right about yeah, it, that? It,
2: it, yeah, it might be, but uh, anyway, that might be a subject we don't necessarily want to discuss. <laughs> I was gonna say, like,
0: because <laughs> I, I, I remember, if, like, when I was that that whole sp- span from like twelve to eighteen, and then even a little bit past eighteen, I, I was a, I was a, I, I, I was a moron, <laughs> like an just an absolute <laughs> moron, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I know I was
2: there right with you. I always say that when I turned about 13, my parents were the dumbest people I'd ever met. You know, uh-huh. they were just dumb. And I yeah. got to about 25. And I don't know, they must have went to college for them them years. Because, man, when I hit 25, they got smarter. They all of a sudden got a whole lot smarter. Yeah. But this, actually, what's, what's interesting about that, is the male human brain does not actually fully mature until they're 25 mm-hmm. years old. And that's yep. about the time we start thinking a little different. So. Well, And,
0: and that's but, also like, I, I probably yeah. won't ever buy a horse from a fellow that's under the age of 25 either. <laughs> <You know>?
1: <laughs> 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 like,
0: and, yeah. Unless, unless it's a real good deal. And, uh, you know, um, like if it's a screaming deal, I'll, I'll, I'll take a flyer on it. But it, like if, if, uh, any, any horse that's supposedly broke at all and, and the guy's 18, Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. Like it, it might be the best horse ever, but I ain't buying it. <laughs> it just not happening.
2: Right. right yeah. So, so, yeah. So out of, out of, of high school, I, you know, did the American thing or the thing you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to go to college, and, mm-hmm. which I don't regret. I did get a, a two year day. De- I it took me four years to get a two year degree. So, you know, Heck I, anyway, yeah. well, that just I, means you, you
0: I, stumbled, studied double hard.
2: Yeah, that's well, actually I'd go for a while and then i'd go back to school because i found out having a bunch of debt in college was not a real bright idea but anyway i got a degree in technology I technology you're
0: smarter than me because i didn't figure that part out i just i got the debt and the degree so
2: well i, I started getting it and then i was like and, and hey i ended up taking a bartending job and a night night cabin job and you know about everything miserable to add to the misery of college actually i didn't mind college college was a little more what I wanted to do now, high school on the other hand,
0: that, that was a whole other oh. story. I well, I and bar, bartending in Montana, like you're gonna get punched at some point.
2: Mm. Oh, I can, yeah. How many stories you <laughs> want? I actually, you know what's, in, the, what's what's interesting in this? This is in Haver, Montana, and you know, like there again, yeah, we're I, I, I,
0: I know Haver pretty well. Yeah, I, and so I got in a couple fights in Haver.
2: Yeah, so I'm tending bar in uh, um, at the Bowling Alley, and so but the thing is, is there was two reservations. There's the Rocky Boy Reservation and Fort Belknap Reservation yeah. on each side of, of. And so what I would get a lot of time is all the uh, Indians that had been kicked out of every other bar would come to the Bowling Alley bar, <laughs> and <laughs> and then all of a sudden you'd get both reservations in there. And this is back when I, I mean. I, I used to really like the fight, to be honest with you. I always said if, if <laughs> MMA, if I would have knew about MMA when I was a kid, I would have probably been in it. But I actually yeah. organized a lot of, I organized a lot of my own MMA fights just because I liked fighting enough. Yeah, you know, I would kind of. But anyway, so yeah, and so you'd call the cops. First thing you do is call the cops because you know I was hoping that if I did get. Beat up or you know, murder, half murdered. That they would show up to at least call nine one one to get the ambulance there. But yeah, there was times I was throwing Indians out of the bar and everything else. And trust me, there were some white guys too because white guys are just as dumb on alcohol oh, yeah. as Indians. So, but I remember one time I was standing at the bar and I had this little billy club. I called it Kryptonite because I figured you could take Superman out with it. <laughs> and I went over there and here's this guy. He's got this knife pulled on me. Like at the bar, and I yeah. did that. Billy club happened to be reached, and I grabbed that knife, and I spun his arm around. I come up with that, and I says, "Well, do you want to go for it or not?" And he walked out of the bar. You know, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it's al- but then again, like I say. Looking back on it, I didn't like tendon bar, but I like tendon bar. If that makes sense, yeah. You know, the action. I, <laughs> I probably like the action more than the uh, sling and drinks. We'll just put it that way. So.
0: Well, that was kind of before the days of a bouncer, wasn't it? Like, like the bouncer is kind of a newfangled thing.
2: Yeah, you know, I yeah, I only remember one bar up there at Haver while I was going to college that actually had a bouncer at it. You know, and and otherwise, yeah, it was kind of. You know what? Like I say, you'd think in a bowling alley, it'd be quiet. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> But no, we got some, you know, it, it was like a, it was an experience that definitely shaped me and and stuff. But uh, yeah, so I went to college there and got a degree and was about uh, right in that time frame. And it was 92. I I, I kind of wanted to rodeo and fight bulls and stuff when I was in high school. But dad just would tell me no and i I don't know why you know part of it probably just financially you know it's it's an expense when you're young and yeah trucking up and down the road and stuff but i decided that i wanted to rodeo and fight bulls along with all the other stuff i was doing so yeah i kind of took up the habit of stepping in front of front of the toros and stuff so um, i did that till i believe it was 2005 so there's about 12 13 years of you know, mostly summers, a little from about early spring to mid-fall with, you know, the high school rodeos on each end. And then I did a lot with uh, kind of our, yeah uh, you know, semi-pro association, the NRA up here in Montana and some bull rides and stuff.
0: Well, um, what level of bulls were the worst to, to fight? <laughs> you, you know, when I, I I, sw- I started with a couple
2: of contractors that were the smaller contractors and then I picked up for Donnie Jacobs, Jacobs Rodeo uh, Company out of. Um, uh out of Great Falls, is, and I and I worked pretty much exclusive for him tell pretty much when I decided it was time to go on to other things. And you know, he'd uh, went down and got a bunch of bulls out of the swamps down in Louisiana, I believe, is where they came from. Mm. And I'll tell you what, big old humpbacks, was, huh? Yeah, big old brindles, and I mean, I'll tell you what, and just. Trashy. I mean, just mean and trashy. Mm. And then there was one summer, we ended up with all these bull riders. We were bucking 90 bulls a weekend at these rodeos. And these no are M, semi-pro rodeos, yeah. And so he went down to Arizona and picked up a bunch of nasty, stinking, just... They weren't even bred bucking bulls, as far as I could see. They were just a bunch of range bulls that... Just were probably stripe Brayfords. Oh, just... Mm. Oh, and just... Hadn't seen humans and just you know, yeah. they just line you out and just you know, it just and, and honestly, a bullet just kind of bucks off and doesn't really turn back, they're just terrible because they're already on the move. And so, when they find you, man, I mean, they just oh, <laughs> you just and that was <laughs> back in the days, they'd only hire one bullfighter, so you're yeah. doing 90 head in a weekend by yourself, and you're just oh, my <laughs> goodness, it, it just and they they actually because. You know, I knew what my job was. You know, greater love has had no man has this than he lay down his life for a friend. You know, and I was like, my job is to protect that cowboy, whatever cost. And I'll tell you what, if somebody got hauled out of the arena on a stretcher, it bothered me. I mean, yeah. I, I criticized myself. I'd like, how did I feel? What did I do wrong? And so anyway, they all started nicknaming me Suicide Bill because they didn't think I was going to live past <laughs> a couple of summers of doing this. And but. Like I said, I just knew what my job was and I took it serious, you know, and I just, you know, and, and a lot of good memories from it, you know, and I mean, the reality is, is, I didn't get busted up as bad as I probably should have. And, you know, I mean, just, I mean, God's grace on me. And like I say, I mean, I'm sure some of my aches and pains and crippled up hands might have a little bit to do with it, but not exclusively. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, well. I think those, those aches and pains, like even, even as much as a guy tries to take care of himself, like you, when, when a horse falls on you, something, <laughs> something breaks, it may not be a bone, but something breaks and you're going to feel it for a while.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're definitely right. You know, and there again is, uh, you know, I, I went out of college, then I, I come back to Malt and I worked at that fee store for a while. And then I got hired on up there Fort Corbett, right there next to rural country of big Sandy there. And I was selling feed. and I enjoyed the feed business. And what I did, I just couldn't quite get along with corporate America. I was a little too much of an independent thinker. But you know, I was about the time I started writing cults for the public. You know, I just, I've always just like I said, I had that little phase there where I wanted to be a motorhead in junior high. But after that, it was kind of like I just want horses, you know, I just, you know. And so anyway, I started riding some colts for the public up there in the evenings and stuff. And I just remember in the fall, it would get dark early on you. And I remember long and these nasty. I mean, some of them were kind of trashy colts out in the CRP in the dark, you know. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you what. Out yeah, in that tall grass with pheasants and deer in the dark, you'll find out if you really want to ride colts or not. It's
1: uh, no, oh, it, yeah, You know,
2: so but, yeah, yeah, I was just yeah. go ahead,
0: excuse me. Uh, oh, sorry, no, it, I was we got a little bit of a delay there, but yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just agreeing with you there. Like, there's there, there's there's just something bad, like, s- something happens and and. And, uh, you just like, you're, you're on, you're on an animal. That's, uh, even, even your best horse, uh, sometimes is gonna, is just gonna freak out over something and like, you don't know when that's going to happen. I, like, I, I, I really, after all, all of the people that I've, I've had the, the privilege to speak through or speak with, you know, either through this podcast or just who, who I've met, like the the closest um you know mindset i've ever i've ever come to with the cowboy is like the like like the special operator type military where where they they uh they're they're kind of handy at about everything and uh they're also probably not best uh, suited for the, the gentle public. Like it, it's, it's probably a good thing if they only come to town once a year, you know? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. like no, no, the, the good ones anyways, you know, the good ones on both sides, like the, the real good Cowboys <laughs> probably shouldn't see people more than a couple of times a year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I know. I like, li- like going out there to two girl for the summer. I'd always think, you know, I got to go back to civilization, but will civilization come back to me? You kind of need a transition period there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like earlins are all shipped out, strays are all found. Well, time to go home. When you're just kind of you, you, you run renegade for five, six months a year without a whole lot of supervision, and then when a guy like me is the supervision, you're kind of going like, "Yeah, man, that's good." Because I think you're right. You know, you definitely. Definitely, you know, the good ones, because, you know, and that's that's, you know, I was sitting here thinking about, you know, um, about this podcast and just the cowboy in the cowboy way. And, you know, and, and that we're, we're so iconic and I don't know how to say it different than that. I heard it one time that the two most recognized things around the world was the American cowboy and Coca-Cola. You go anywhere and yeah. people know those things.
0: Yeah, well, and, and then I would say Marlboro cigarettes uh, as right? well, and they're almost one and the same with the American cowboy. Like uh, whether whether it's a cowboy smokes or not, like right. like, like we we we'd like to think that Copenhagen snuff would be synonymous with the cowboy, but around the world, no, it's it's Marlboros, Mar the the Marlboro man, and uh, yeah, like I, I just whatever it is, like. People want to be us, but still, at the end of the day, there's not very damn many of us.
2: Yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing, though, is you're right. It, they, they want to be us. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, because, like I say, I've, you know, I, I've, I've watched a lot of different videos of the different places and stuff, you know. I believe you were talking about wanting to go down there to Florida and with the crackers and stuff, yeah. you know, I mean, and just, you know, and, and I was sitting there thinking about that. And, you know, even even what I would call you know the weekend cowboys because in some ways you know i'm getting a little more like that in life now just because of just some changes and some decisions you know we're making as far as Mm -hmm. trying to be more of a family man and getting some age on me and trying to think a little more long term and not that i'm a weekend cowboy but you know i but i guess what my thought was is the reality is, is you know whether it's the weekend cowboy that's still just wants to go be a cowboy or us that are trying to do it every day of our life because every day of my life I'm doing something with a horse or Mm. you know and stuff but I guess what I was thinking about is you know really the reality is we're all on that same journey together we're all it's just we're 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 on a journey and we're all looking for the same thing out of life in a lot of different ways we're just doing it differently you know and you know and I, I haven't watched Yellowstone for many reasons and part of it is I'm just stubborn and you know, if there's a fad out there, I'm going to be on the opposite end of it. Just <laughs> so that way I'm not part of the fad. I, but, see, but I, not-
0: I, the contrarian in me likes that and, and also hates it at the same time, you know, because contrarian.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. But, but I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, and, and my wife watched a little bit of it, you know, and she's, she's just anyway, and we visited a little bit about it and I had another guy telling me about it. And I've seen, you know, the, 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 you know, propaganda is the right word, the advertisements yeah. and stuff about it. But the one thing I was thinking about, because part of my wife and my desire now is just, like I say, trying to be home and switching life a little bit, you know, more and getting to ride in a rough string and trying to raise some gentler horses for my wife and kids and I and stuff. But the one thing is we're trying to look at what we call um, agritourism, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of having a day. A day long, you know, we're 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 still evolving in what we're really wanting to do. But with the wagons and the horses and having the livestock here and stuff, I think the one thing that we can do as people that are rooted in agriculture is education, you know, because I Hollywood's, think you're right. Hollywood's educating people, but they're they're educating them wrong a lot of times. And yeah. I, I don't know how to say it any different than that. I'm not wrapped up in popular culture. I don't watch much television. Um, you know, and so with that said though, but what's out there is we get such a negative light at times. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I had a little struggle this winter because I had my rodeo cattle up on a on a on a little bench up here next to next to a high road that went by the subdividers. And I was constantly getting called into the brand inspector and the sheriff and you know, just just anyway but in that is all as i thought you know how many of them people are just miseducated how many of them just don't understand a lot exi- and and so you know i guess and so what i guess you know to think about this is you know we're, we're, we're iconic i mean the, the reality is is you know um i was actually in the grocery store one time i just got done riding a bunch of colts at the arena and i'm standing there with my boots on and my hat and little kid looks over and he pulls on his mom's coat. And he's like. Mom, mom, look, a real cowboy. And so you know, th- this is this is kind of the image that you know this is the image we have. And I think if we can start saying, how can we educate the American public on what we really do? I mean, do I go out and rope and choke down a yearling at times? Absolutely. Do I do yeah. it every day? Well, I'd like to, but I don't. You know, yeah, they're, they're same here. We make, the, we, we make them judgment calls, and we have to make the judgment calls. That are that are best for the operation, best for the individual, and best for yes, the sir. livestock. But the reality is, is we're sitting here making judgment calls uh, that what we feel is best for the American public and and around the world because we're you know we're helping to feed the world. And so mm-hmm. you know, I, as I was thinking about that, I think whether it's the cracker down there in uh, in in Florida or the buckaroo out in Nevada or us cowboys up in Montana, wherever. The reality is, is at the end of the day, the good ones that are out there, the ones that are going to last, the tried and true ones, are are people that truly are stewards of the land and steward of the livestock.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, uh, you know, my my very first episode that I did of this podcast, I I did it a horseback and I had a had a pair <laughs> of earbuds. And I didn't know what the hell I was going to talk about. I just knew I wanted to talk to Cowboys because uh, I'm not the best Cowboy. I got, I, I've i never called myself a Bronx Stomper. I've called myself a Bronx, uh Stayer Honor because <laughs> I, I can usually uh, ride out enough jumps to get their head pulled around to the right and, uh, and get them circling. And then then I'm usually pretty good to go. And if if I can make six jumps, I'm usually I'm usually looking all right. After six, it gets a little sketchy, <laughs> you know. Like I'm I'm not I'm not a Montana stomper. Like I, I don't give them their head and just let them have at it. Like I, I'm not that good. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give them I'll give them four or five jumps, and then I better get their head uh, yanked around by <laughs> jump number six. Like they better be circling because <laughs> I'm, I'm in a, a, not a good spot, but uh, like, I, I just, I love, I love everything about it. And like, I, I've worked with uh, like open range cowboys, uh, you know, work on a wagon, live out a teepee. I, I've, I've uh, worked with some, some guys that there are like your ranch hand type cowboys that have been at the same uh, mom and pop place running 600 head for for 30 years have been on the same place i i i know i know feedlot cowboys that have been in every damn feedlot in the country and and still somehow they managed to get a job i don't know how um but i just like cowboys are a different breed um but but i i like them you know like i there's just like of, of any like I said be, besides uh like those special operator guys and like I'm where I'm not in the same category as them they've seen they've seen some shit that I, I'll never see but like that that mindset where are just like you don't you don't have a quitting time you like you quit when it's done like when when yeah. the job is done you quit or if like if there's no if, if there's there's no sense in working through the night you just like all right this is good enough Um, but outside of that, like you quit when the job is done and, uh, like if the weather sucks, well, guess what? So's your job. Get out there. (laughs) And, uh, and and it just, it's just like, there, there's no, there's no choice. And it's because you chose that. Uh, so either do it or get the hell out. You know, that's just like, those are your choices. And, uh, and, and there's uh like, like they're cow, good cowhands should be paid a lot more than what they're worth, but I, for whatever reason, we're not. But like, you, you know, like, you cannot, anybody can name like two or three guys where, like, if I, if I, if I needed to call somebody like for some real cowboy shit, I've got this guy and this guy in my phone. And I know like that it might take them a couple hours to get there. But they'll be there and and you'll you'll get it figured out. And uh I don't know, like there there's it's uh it's it's a small community like that.
2: Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right, you know, and I think the whole thing is is you start finding out the loyalty of of people, you know, those that like you say, those that 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 are there till the end, they they ain't mm-hmm. gonna quit you, you know, and stuff. And you know, and that's uh, I that that second summer I managed to grow, I ended up uh, a young young man and his wife ended up out there with me and they were I, you know, they might have been 20 and you know and and um him and i become such good friends you know and you know you know how it is any friendship is going to go through some ups and downs and stuff mm-hmm. but you know we became such good friends because of just that you know when you start bringing in 15 1800 head of yearlings in one wad and you know and we had other help and stuff but you know you just you find out each other's characters in them moments and you know <laughs> just we had this one old rip we were gathering strays bailed into this reservoir and we both got a rope on this dirty rip you know and you know when it's on a side hill and it's in the fall and it's icy half icy half muddy half, <laughs> half wet you know and so that's the Montana half special there, you know but yeah you know and you know but you just you, you just you find out them kind of guys right in them moments they just don't quit you and finally we just our horses were shot so we went back to the house and thinking well she'll come out before we get back now she was still standing in the same <laughs> sinking spot when we got there but you know you just think about those moments like that and you know you look back on life, yeah, sure. Are we ever paid as much as we should be? Probably not, but it's probably best we aren't because we'd self-destruct most likely.
0: Well, and, and like and, we, were, we were talking before, like most good cowhands are not fit for polite society. So like you give a good <laughs> cowhand a good chunk of money and it usually ends real bad. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: like, yeah. You know, but you look back on the memories and the friendships that we make and just, and the stories, you know, I mean, that's just, I gotta say I I, I've actually been trained to speak in different things and part of it was because my wife was going to conferences and I was going with her and so you kind of I was trying to prepare and think things through and stuff and you know at the end of the day just some of the stories we have and some of the experiences we have and 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 the reality is is if if I would have stayed in the feed business out of college and they wouldn't have Ran me off. If that's because they did fire me, they told me to go <laughs> find something else to do. I went and drove cow truck for a couple of years, and then kind of, you know, I, I was riding colts constantly. Everything I was doing, it seemed like I had a colt for two I was riding. I finally thought, you know what? I was even a machine shop for a while, and I, I was supposed to be a six-day-a-week job. And two and a half years later, I was still in there. But every night, I'd go home and ride <laughs> colts. And I finally thought, you know what? What's the thing that you've always done? Well, well, at work somewhere else, yeah, I was always riding colts. I always wanted to be on a horse or something with a horse. And I finally thought, you dummy, just go be a cowboy. you know? It yeah. Just, but, yeah. but, you know, I, but I was thinking about, you know, just different experiences I've had and some of the wrecks and, and the good times. But I was, we were down there in South Phillips County. I'm hoping the law of statue on this story has passed because, oh. uh, well, I, I could have probably done some, I, I don't know if I'd have got jail time over this, but we don't well, sure. So, uh,
0: all you got to do is end your story with allegedly, and this is a comedy show. So therefore statute of limitations is probably, okay, so probably moot. I think okay, maybe.
2: Okay. So allegedly this happens in South Phillips County. There we go. In the Larb Hills, but we'd moved a bunch of cows for this friend of mine. And so we're there. Were two, three of us sitting there at lunch and we're sitting there looking at this little wad of elk and uh well you know they needed rope well
3: allegedly. yeah
2: allegedly, allegedly they needed rope <laughs> and one was probably had foot rod right needed doctored or something so yeah i mean something
0: kinda, something was up
2: yeah we come up with this plan of what we're gonna do and so we talk about it and so uh we go out there and we met, and of course there was a, there was a handful of cows and a bull. And if you're going to rope something, you just as well go for the bull. You don't know, so yeah. rope one of them cows. Well, and, you don't want so him we, fighting
0: you later on. So you better well, have no, him. No, no, you no. better have him necked.
2: Yeah. So, so we miss him when, I don't know, maybe we weren't as heart full of hearted as we thought we were. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I was on this paint thoroughbred cross mare. I have, she's actually the mother of the team of horses. I drive right now and I still have her, but, she, would, she did not like being behind anything. I mean, if, if like when you was trotting back to the house or something, if she was behind another horse, she was always charging to get in front of everything mm-hmm. else. And so I'm sitting here. I thought, okay, I'm going to get around that bull and I'm going to bring him back to the other <laughs> two
1: dogs.
3: <And>
2: so <laughs> we're, we're running neck and neck with each other. Just I'm right there looking at that bull in the eye, just neck and neck like we're headed for the finish line at the Kentucky Derby. And I take and just take my reins and I over and under that horse and I could feel her just grabbing another deer. And she drops and I mean, she's stretching for all she had and just and she she's starting to beat this bull. I'm thinking I'm going to get around it and I'm going to yeah. bring him back to him. She's stinking hangs up her right foot and I tell you what, we slapped oh. that ground so stinking hard. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> face planted me, we skid, blackened my eyes, skinned up my face, you know, and so then, you know, then you, go back you know,
0: uh, like I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt too much, but like, isn't no. it funny how those movie people have got that effect? Like when you're falling to the ground oh. in a in a rapid pace, they've got that camera angle figured out that's exactly yeah. what it looks like. It's just like a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I skinned up my face. You go back into the public, you know, and of course, everybody in the world is going to ask. <laughs> What'd what, you do? What happened? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, but, you know, you sit there and that was, man, that was 20 some years ago that happened. And so, you know, you're still sitting here and I just, you know, as, as you sit and you think about your life and the times you've had and the different things that we've done you know yeah the paycheck is good i like to keep my bills paid and stuff but at the end of the day that memory nobody can take away from me. no that story you're absolutely can be passed right. on. and you know and i mean you just stop and you think about all of that stuff and and the other thing i you know and like i said i'm working at being home more now as i'm getting a little older i actually took a part-time job again at another feed store i hopefully a little more mature now and i won't fight with corporate american other oh, yeah. people it's a locally owned locally owned deal. And it's where I've done a lot of my feed business and stuff. But, you know, the thing I think about it is, is just a lot of it you can do with your family too. You know, yeah. your kids are growing up. I look at, you know, I've got, I've got two older kids that are full grown for my first marriage. And I kind of ran through that and some poor choices of life. Imagine that, but I got remarried here yeah. 14 years ago in May and I got two younger kids and, you know, it just like, there's so many things I go do, you know, like like well on, on Saturday, a matter of fact, I got a friend that's got a little sawmill here. And uh, you know, I we we burn firewood and I ask him, I says, Hey, you mind if I, you know, bring my team of wagon, team of horse and my wagon and my family over to cut a load of firewood and haul that home with the wagon. You know, and those kind of things to me are priceless yeah you know those are the things that my kids will remember they're learning the work ethic but even if they don't want a cowboy or a farm and ranch for a living they're going to go out into the public and they're going to be the kind of kids that uh the public wants to work for them
0: yeah i i it was really cool uh just yesterday i was on i was on the phone with boots o'neill and uh and I, and then my 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 wife and kids are up in Oregon right now on on spring break. And I, I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to bank a couple uh, a couple more days, you know, work a couple of days while they're on vacation. So later on this year, I can I can have a couple extra days to take off. And uh, and it, and it's kind of like a girl's trip. Like uh it, it's it's a girl's trip plus my little boy. Like so I've got my wife my and her sister, my little girl, uh, my two nieces, and then then my little boy. But he's he's young enough where he he he's uh he's not gonna come come work with me at the feedlot every day. So he he's the only only man on the on the girls' trip. So I but I, I kinda like to leave that as a you know as a girls trip. But I was talking uh to Boots O'Neill who's you know one of the most legendary cow punchers there is and uh and he's asking about my kids and how they're doing and uh now I get to tell them like hey this this is a man who's respected by the entire cowboy community who is genuinely uh wants to know how you guys are doing and uh and like that that's how small the freaking cowboy world is uh when it, when it comes down to it and then it's just it's something really really neat that I like not not only do, is my dad kind of kind of a legend among the uh kind of like the the Colorado Cowboy uh world but also they they got Boots O'Neil who's like a legend and uh and it just like man that that's it, it's so cool to be able to pass that on to them like they they don't even know how cool that is but like one day some some cowpuncher will be uh or, or or Buckaroo will will come up puffing his chest, talking about who he knows, and and uh, and you're just like yeah. But Boots O'Neill asked how I was, you know, back in the day, and and that like that. So it just it's really cool to be able to pass pass all that on down. And uh, you know, it was like that. That's most most of the cowpunchers back in the day couldn't read or write, so you you just you had to hear stories like that.
2: No, you're right. It's just it, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. You talk about Boots O'Neill, you know, I mean, you can say anybody that half worth their salt knows that name. And actually, he was up in Phillips County there. The four sixes had ran a bunch of cows up there one year. They were droughted out and stuff. And so a bunch of the guys up there I grew up I actually got to meet him and be around him and stuff and all. But, you know, and I think, you know, as you're saying that, it's like I, I, not that I want my name to be known per se, you know, that that I don't. You know, I don't need it to be that my name's in the light, or you know, you know, mm. things like that. But I think my thing is, is I, I stop and I'm like, and, and age does this to me more and more as I, I grow up here. I say I'm almost fifty, so it's almost time to grow up now. But yeah, I sit and I think, how, how, how can I be that person somebody looks up to? How can I be that person that you know, the young guy here and. Lewistown Montana can look at it and say you know I want to be like that guy and it ain't always about ability I think ability is a huge part of it you know one thing I've I've and, and I'll see where this goes you know I've, I've got a desire even if I'm just a little small you know even though I only had 10 head I have this desire to 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 help I me mean, kind of like an intern if you will or help these young kids. There's so many things that I had to just go figure out on my own. Mm-hmm. I know it's just okay. I mean, I don't ever want to whine and cry about that, but sometimes you're sitting out there with this 800 pound yearling on the end of a line. And you're like, I don't remember anyone teaching me what I'm supposed to do now, you know, well, kind right. of thing.
0: and uh, like, I can't let go of my rope to look at my phone to see what I'm supposed to do now. I can't, I can't look up a YouTube <laughs> video because, uh, yeah, I, I I got a eight hundred pound animal at the end of the line and I gotta figure out what the hell to do. And, and sometimes like sometimes that's gonna end badly. Uh but you learn from yeah. it, you know? Like probably more yeah. often than not when you're first starting out, it's gonna end badly. But <laughs> you you don't learn any other way.
2: Yeah, and you're right, and, and yet also the other thing that I think I and I mean I know twenty. You're like we just said yeah. from you know thirteen to twenty five. They're not as they don't want to listen yeah. half the time anyhow. But sometimes I get so frustrated, and I've done it. I, I won't sit here and say I'm faultless in this. Is you know we'll sit here and cuss some greenhorn because he doesn't know anything. Mm, and sometimes no. I have to stop and say, did did anybody teach him? Have we given him the opportunity to learn that?
0: Yeah, you know, I, and that's where I'm. You're you're hundred percent right. I, I, I hear so many people talk about the like the, the millennials or the Gen Z uh generation and, and how, how terrible they are, but like somebody raised them and it wasn't they, like it wasn't me. So like what why like you know, probably a lot of it is on, on the Gen Z, the millennial generation, but not all of it, because they had to learn it somewhere
2: yeah well I mean, that's the thing is that, you know here i'm i'm like i say i've i don't know I, I get lost at which number and letter we're on as far as z x or y but the 20 yeah. somethings you know I, I look at my generation i'm responsible i'm responsible for the outcome of my two older children
3: mm. you know
2: i can sit there and say you know but on the and they've turned out well i mean they're not a cowboy but they both have got really good jobs and they're productive in society and yet that's what i sit here and i think it's like how can i as uh, as an older gentleman that has some experience and has the bumps and bruises and the aches take take that young kid and and i mean don't get me wrong i'm not easy on a major I, I i work at the sale bar and there was one night i, I let in the middle of a kid because he wanted to sit up on the the rail and flap his mouth and not do what he what i told mm. him to do and i let in the middle of him and told him how disrespectful he is but I think we also. I look at it as like, how can I give those young, young men an opportunity to learn? Also, how mm. can we help them? Because the reality is, is we're not all going to be a Boots O'Neill at ninety years old still. No, <laughs> no. A circle. No,
0: not and not so, at all. Like that. That's you know that that's a one of a kind. We I think we've all figured that out. Like that that just don't happen. And like and the no. one time it did happen, it happened to Boots, and that's it
2: right right and so you know that's that's where you know i kind of think about life right now and where i'm at is you know how can i take what i have and help that next generation out you know and kind of where i'm at and you know like i said i sold most of my cows about three weeks ago just economics and and you know and and just i mean i i was all of a sudden gonna own money on cows i owned and i thought that's a really really bad decision you know right you know and so and anyway but but i sit here you know on town where my wife and i are like i say we're kind of looking at agritourism you know along with you know the, the pastor and the church like i do and then also taking some time at the feed store my wife has a youtube channel that she does with a lot of kind of you know homestead type stuff but i, I uh, what, what's I her think, channel I,
0: by the way uh it's, plug, it's, go uh, ahead and plug uh, that go yeah, go for it
2: yeah it's it, it's delsey at a life of heritage on youtube and uh like I say, she, it's a lot of homestead stuff. She's she's more and more uh, incorporating, you know, our everyday life. And there's a video from last last winter there that uh, I was I I almost despised round bales because round bales involve equipment, and most of the time my equipment, if I need parts for it, I need to go to the museum to find it. So most of <laughs> right. the time, my equipment.
0: You gotta you gotta fabricate your own. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah and so I had this bright idea how I was going to move this round bale with my team of horses I drove a piece of soccer rod through this round bale and uh hooked a toe strap to it and hooked the toe strap to the double tree and you know everything was going semi well it was kind of a colossal wreck all along but <laughs> I finally got it stretched out and I, 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 I got it I got the bale rolling and it was going downhill, and that bail just nearly ran me over. I mean, it was <laughs> everything I could do to, to, not, to, not, to not get ran over by that bail run. You know, there's oh, a few man. miscalculations there. And are, are, you yeah, sh- so, are you know, sure
0: she- you're not from Arkansas instead of Montana? Because, <laughs> I mean, the, if that's not a hillbilly story, I've, I've never heard one. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: my, my mom's side of the family were right come out of missouri so that's not oh, fair enough
0: that's awesome, that's now, awesome.
2: So, you know like i say we, we're you know and so kind of where i'm at now is you know because you know like i say i i've just you know i i, I want to raise food i mean I, at the end of the yeah. day i want to raise food and i want to be home with my family and still Hey, we, we're kind of unique. We kind of look at a lot of the older breeds of stuff, heritage type stuff. And mm-hmm. When I say I'm a punchy pig farming preacher, actually, when I was a kid, I finally asked mom one day, cause I felt like all I ever did as a kid was clean pig pens. I swear all I ever was doing was cleaning pig yeah. pens as a kid. And I said to mom, one, I said to mom one time, I says, how many pigs did we have as a kid? She said, oh, we had about 50 sows at any given time. I was like, okay, <laughs> that explains why I was always... Oh, and, man, that's know,
0: a and, lot of damn pigs.
2: It is, it is, you know, and I've always kind of liked pigs, you know. I know as a, a puncher, you're not supposed to, but I did. And Anyway, so we are we actually got those American guinea hogs. They're one of the oldest breeds in America. And mm. They're actually nearly extinct, but they're actually a grazing hog. And I've actually thought about just not free range free range and them part of it is is because those subdividers kind of got tired of my uh, rodeo cattle so i thought maybe i'll put some pigs up there and we'll fight that fight with them for a little yeah. while and stuff but but anyway so you know that's kind of where we're at and my wife she, she melts the oats and stuff and you know raise chicken and no we're probably not that i'm a sod buster but you know i'm a little more like i say right now i i'm i'm just with the way life is going and, and I, I i really am an optimist and i but i'm also a realist with the way the economy's going and the Oof. five dollar diesel fuel day working is not a very paying proposition right mm, now no you know it, it's no, just it's you, you, it's you
0: better have a uh, have something else and and yeah and like i i like where where your head's at like you you better be able to do something on your own
2: yeah, And so, you know, we're just kind of at this point where we can just, you know, some essentials of life, kind of get down to the essentials. And, you know, like my ranch radio company, you just kind of put it on hold. But like I said, a lot of these cowboys were like, uh, yeah, we can't afford to travel this summer, Bill. And I'm like, yeah, I know I can't either. You know, I mean, yeah. my, my, my truck, my truck's paid for that pulls my stock trailer to haul my rodeo cattle. And if the key doesn't turn on at five dollar and nine cent diesel fuel, I'm okay with it. Mm. You know, it's it doesn't have to. And so, you know, it's just kind of where we're at, you know, with, with life right now. And like I say, I'm got them team, got two teams of horses. One was my dad's and stuff, and so I'm gonna get them drove and sold. But I I got a new adventure though, because before I was sold, sold my cows here about a month ago, all these coriani and coriani crosses anything that was calving because I knew they'd probably weigh them up. I'm pulling all the bum calves off. I'm pulling calves off left and right. So I ended up with five bums off of these cows that started calving. And I was driving down the road one day. And it's dangerous when I drive down the road because I have uh, an empty uh, time to think. And and I'm driving down the road. And (laughs) I'm quite certain this was was one of those, you know, absolute God moments like when Moses met God at the burning bush I believe God told me he says Bill you take two of them cows and raise them up and get a team of oxen so I'm like hell yeah uh, uh, you know what it's just there again it's just the culture the lifestyle you know we've been working not as diligently towards this as my wife would like me to because I get distracted by cows and horses and big country but you know we've been really working towards this and I've really been trying to set my life up more and more where I can do a lot of my stuff with my teams of horses just because it incorporates them into it and it, it makes them useful um actually the the funeral home the other day they hired me to haul a all the casket to the to the um, grave for a family and stuff, you know. So that's kind of where we're at in life, and you know, just kind of, I'll be honest, just kind of hunkering in right now and, and trying to weather this this economic storm. But you know, it's not just for us though. That's the other thing we try to look at is okay, we want to get in a place that we're we're stable, we're secure. But you know, one of our you know, we we make it our goal to you know live peaceably amongst our neighbors, working with our hands and. And, you know, not needing from other people. You know, we want to be self-sufficient, not necessarily Mm -hmm. self-reliant. But on the flip side of that, I want to be outward focused. You know, the world around us needs people that are willing to help them. You know, I got a neighbor that's 80 years old and I'm almost 80. And I mean, the guy, he reminds me a lot of my dad. And he actually grew up in that multi-country selling himself. But, you know, I look at him. He's always he's always wondering how I'm doing. How's things going, Bill? Mm. How can I help you kind of a mentality? And, you know, that's kind of where we're at in, in life. Not that we haven't been that way, but with, with what we're seeing and, and just everything going on, you know, I, I just think I've got to love my neighbor. Like I love myself. And, and, you know, and, and my neighbor resounds to the person standing next to me at the grocery store or, this fine fellow on a podcast with me or you know anyone around us and i think right now that's the thing that i i guess i really see that that especially the agriculture community needs is they just really need each other here to just kind of spur one another on and, and being an encouragement i was sitting with a friend yesterday afternoon and he mostly farms and man he's starting to talk about his chemical went from 15 dollars a gallon to 50 dollars a gallon his 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 fertilizer went from three hundred dollars a ton to a thousand dollars a ton Mm -hmm. you know i'm sitting i'm feeling for him you know i'm sitting here like you know i'm not a sod buster but i don't sure like a loaf of bread
3: yeah you know and i I right?
2: and so i guess you know that's kind of where you know i mean I, i where we're at in our life right now and you know i yeah sure i got friends that i'll still go day work for and help, you know, help more, more help them than even worry about daylight working. And, you know, I still ride at the sale barns on Tuesday. I'll be over there tomorrow and stuff and help out there and stuff. But, you know, as far as the, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I the, the big country cowboying part of my life, is it over? No, but is it probably the thing that I'm driving for right now in life? Uh, no, that's also kind of where I'm at is just, you know, how, how do I, how do I now come home and help to raise you know the, the next generation if you will I, I was thinking the only thing that and I was I know there's a lot of other things out there cowboy and that I haven't done but probably the last thing that I desire to do cowboy and I wanted to do it for my 50th birthday but I'm not quite sure if I'll get it done this year or not as I I wanted to go out on the wagon I've never been mm. out on the
3: you know, neither. I drove
2: wagons and I've drove wagons and I've been around wagons, but I also maybe come to the realization I might be the wagon more than going out on the wagon at my age. I might be down to being Camp Cookie here, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, Uh, one thing about being Camp Cookie is nobody's supposed to piss you off. So,
2: right, right. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, no, I've never like I've done I've done the 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 trail ride uh like we drove cattle for a couple miles you know just for show and whatnot but i've been on like the week-long the ride type deal but like i've never i've never been on a wagon uh like brand like branding calves and like i said uh growing up where i did i didn't know that was a thing anymore And by the time I realized it was, I had student loans and I, I couldn't make, I couldn't make my student loan payments going to, going to cowboy out on the wagon. And so like, that just wasn't an option. And now, now I'm married with kids. So I'm working my ass off doing, and, and, and I'm not saying this towards you. Like when, once we get done talking, I've got another couple hours worth of work to do. And that's the part that I work at, like behind the computer, so I can make enough money doing this so that I can go cowboy for fun, uh, so that I can show my kids how much fun cowboying is. But also I don't know what lesson I'm going to teach them because like also cowboying doesn't pay worth a shit, <laughs> but it's, but it's a <laughs> hell of a <laughs> lot of fun. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right. Cause you talk about getting
2: done here, you know, I go to bed at night, you know, I, I usually get up by five, you know, every morning and yeah. I go to bed my wife's out there playing, blinking away on a computer ed- editing their videos. And, mm. and, you know, I mean, and, and she's, she's absolutely wonderful. You know, she, she, I always said that I get my horses ready to sell and she sells them by the video she's mm. put together for them and stuff. And so, but you know, that's the whole thing is, is, you know, we all seem to have a sideline gig or two or three or four, yeah. you know, just to, yeah. to get it. But on the other hand, I think that's why I see Cowboys to be so honorable is we're the kind of people we're going to do what it takes as a general rule to take care of ourselves, take care of Mm. the livestock and take care of their families and our friends. You know, that's the whole thing too is man. I'll tell you what, not a hardly a one of us carry a lick of insurance on our life. You know, we're just, you know,
0: (laughs) unless you work for, for a big outfit, you're, you you don't carry insurance. Uh, but I guarantee you when I, there was times when I was without insurance, I knew who I could call. Uh, because they had insurance and they might have had a little extra cash on hand in case I broke a leg. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: if it happens, man, it's, you know, fundraisers and auctions yeah. and yeah, spaghetti exactly feeds and, you know, and that's, you know, and that's there again, that's, I think what I, I, I just, I think, and I know, I know that's what I like about the agriculture life. Sometimes it's I a wish community. we made it more than we did. Absolutely. You know, and, it resounds beyond that you know you you know here I sit in in Lewistown Montana and one of my best friends is Dan Hartman who's clear down and nearly to the Wyoming border and yet you know if I would if I'm stuck and actually he did I that's where my cows were last year as far as my rodeo cattle is because I I was in a deal and the drought we had to, to find grass for him, and you know, Dan, I just messaged him, I said, Dan, if you happen to know where there's some grass, let me know this is what I'm in, and he's kind of like, well, I'll help you out, bill,
3: yeah. you know i'm
2: I'm there for you, and so I took him you no know, <laughs> mama cows and he was willing to help me out again this year and go down there. It was just between the hay and the diesel fuel. I was just like this is this this ain't gonna work, you know, yeah, and yet you know you and and that's the whole thing is is you know, just even a conversation like this is, you know, someday you and I'll run into each other somewhere and we'll feel like we're old friends just because yep. we have that camaraderie about us. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, and the Absolutely. thing is, I think the other thing is, is, you know, and I, I there again, I'll never look down on somebody that wants to be a cowboy and might only be a weekend cowboy mm-hmm. because their circumstances, we don't know, them. you know, they, yeah, that might yeah, be yeah. the only way they can pay their bills. And yet, but when we, we, we can pick out the real deals, that's the whole thing is, mm. is it doesn't take long, you know, there's, and I say, we Cowboys. And I say that nicely. I don't want to sound like I'm talking down at them because like I say, I, I've taken the nine to five job because I needed to pay the bills, yeah. you know, but the, the reality is, is we start figuring out who the real deals are. And, and you start figuring out who, like we've talked is who we can rely on and, Who's there for us and stuff? And yet, yeah, well, who's on the got other hand, who's got some it, try? Yeah. You know, and yet on the other hand, I don't think we turn a blind eye to anybody that's in need. You know, you might have ticked me off at one point in time, or you know, not you, you yeah. as a general statement. I'm not just gonna leave the old boy. You know, you're nah. you're still there for each other. And I, and that's the whole thing that I see is in this cowboy culture, this cowboy community, is that there's still that sense of, of, like we said, that community, you know, mm-hmm. that, that no matter, like I say, we're all on the same journey together. We're just doing it differently. A lot of times. Well, I, and yet at the end of the day, yeah.
0: I, oh, go ahead, go finish, finish your statement. No, just at the end of
2: the day, I think we all have the same goal. We just trying to make her through this life and enjoy it and make a living while we're doing it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. And, and, I tried to sum it up the other day uh so like I, I got a new guy that that hired on and he's a little bit older than me he's been around and he's more more like the big circle type and uh, you know i I'm more just feedlot that, that's kind of what i've done i um <clears throat> but he uh he asked me uh if I wouldn't mind feeding his horse and uh and I told him, hey, it's a general rule around here and and this this is you know I know him coming from from big outfits uh I said, even if you're an asshole, that doesn't mean your horse is and and your horse don't deserve uh getting neglected because you're an asshole so i don't I don't care unless you're like, unless you're a real asshole, I'm always gonna feed your horses when you're out at when when you're out of town like well, when you're not here your your horses are taken care of. And I expect the same from mine. Like I that like whatever differences we may have, we got to make a living on a horse. And if I don't want you to make a living, you're not going to make a living here because I'm cow boss. Uh, but as long as you're making a living here, your horse is going to be ready to. You know, he's he's not going to be uh, unfit because of me. You know, like that. That's that's how it is. Like I. I whatever whatever differences we have, like man to man, we we can settle those later. But like we don't we don't neglect the horses because that's how we that's how we make our living. And uh and so like I I don't know, that's just one of those things. Like I I don't care what we have have going on. That that's what that's what makes you a cowboy. Are you gonna take care of the horse or not?
2: no absolutely you know i think you know a good man good man is good to animal you know and that's that's you're absolutely right you know um yeah don't don't drag one another's differences into the livestock if you will you know and stuff it's just it it, absolutely and and there again is i think too is my experience is differences amongst cowboys usually it'll get taken care of and once it's done it's done it it, it ain't like a constant henpecking thing you know but yeah i think you just hit the nail on the head though is we're gonna take care of it you know that's that and i i've got a lot of strong beliefs in me and 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 for many reasons but you know the thing i i see that lacks in our society is people just confronting issues and not being jackassers about it you know just you know if, if, if you know i'm the kind of guy if you have a fight with me come to me Yeah, we'll settle it you know and i'm not even talking physically anymore i mean
0: well let's just let's squash it let's squash
2: it yeah let's let's talk about it because most of the time it's just a misunderstanding right a lot of it it it, it ain't even a true misunderstanding but so many people will will just coyote around about it you know and 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 me telling you to you tell somebody else to tell somebody else to tell somebody else to just throwing gas on the fire and Mm -hmm. so i think like you said is I think you hit just such a great point there is that you know, if we have a problem between us, we're going satellite. Let's just give you know, ever heard holding the fence with somebody is like letting them rent live rent-free in your brain. And most of the time they don't even know you're mad at them. Yeah. You're thinking about it more than they ever do. And so, you know, and I I think you just hit hit a great point there is just Let's just start taking care of some of this junk that's out there and live a reputable life. Let's live honorable amongst each other.
0: Well, and a lot of it like can be, can be settled just like that. Just like, Hey, that's not (laughs) what I meant. More than anything, like more than anything nowadays is you could just be like, Hey, that's not what I meant. Here's what I meant to say. It was a joke. And if it went too far, I'm sorry. You know, like that, that's all it takes (laughs) like that. That's all it takes. And uh, instead of just like pushing the issue till till it comes to blows, like like if you want to come to blows, I'm fine with that. I'll I'll do it. I, I don't like getting hit in the face, but I mean if that's <laughs> if that's what it's got to be, like we'll do it. But I'd rather just be like, hey, what the hell's the problem? Let's figure it out. Because I, I don't like hitting my friends.
2: No, I think you're right. You know, I, I just there's so many things in our society and I don't really don't want to go oh, I'd rather talk about cowboy stuff in society. Yeah, no but, no, I hear it, I hear that, you. But I guess but what I'm saying here is is we we've we've emasculated <laughs> the society has tried to emasculate the man so much that mm-hmm. we don't confront things like that. That we just we're not man enough to just say, "You know what? I have an issue with somebody and I'm going to talk to them about it. You know, it, you know it instead got,
0: of- I, I, this might be controversial uh, a little bit, but it took like society got to a point where it took a little Canadian dude that sounds like Kermit the Frog to say it's OK to be a man. Like, uh, who the fuck told us it wasn't okay to be a man? Like, just be a man, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like, why did we need Jordan Peterson to tell us it was okay to be a man? <laughs> fuck off with all of that. Like, it's okay to be a man. Like, <laughs> just be a man. I absolutely agree, you know? I mean, it just, you know, yeah, we just, you know,
2: just be of good courage and, like you say, be a man. I mean, yeah, anyway, I because i'm a very aggressive person i mean i really am just i'm 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 kind of like you know i don't even know how to explain it you know and and it's it's i don't know if detrimental is the right word but it can be detrimental if not harnessed we'll just put it that way and and yet and yet when you're like that kind of person a lot of people even people who think are embracing manhood they don't know how to handle it and I'm like man alive let's let's look it I mean just I mean I'm sitting here thinking you know I don't want to get political but I do I am a realist hey you wait know, we're, let's, knocking, we're just we're,
0: talking so let's talk so right, but
2: but I guess what I'm saying is we're sitting here knocking on on the door of a potential invasion of the United States in a war and I'm looking around and I'm like Who's gonna fight this war? Who's gonna, you know, who? Because my my oldest boy just got out of the military, and he was, and I'm in there again. I won't go down too far a road, but he was telling me what was going on in the military. And oh, I'm thinking, yeah. When I was when I was in there, compared to when he was in there, I mean, my boy's a man, man. Don't get me wrong, because if he wasn't, I'd kick him right where the manhood was, tell <laughs> him to be a man. You know? But and I'm sitting here thinking. The women of America need us men to be men.
0: Yeah, I think so.
2: That's flat period. My daughters need me to be a man. My Mm -hmm. sons, they need me to be a man. And I mean, a man is a loving person too. You know, I mean, I'm going to protect my family Mm -hmm. for all it's worth. I mean, you know, I, I try to turn the other cheek as much as I can anymore, but I do tell people I only got two cheeks. And if you start slapping the other two cheeks, we're fighting
0: yeah Dude, you know yeah, that, that, that that's but, a no-go zone
2: <laughs> yeah and so you know you're sitting here thinking and i'm thinking my, my my most loving thing i can do for my family is be a man yeah protect them
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know the, the, to, to, and so yeah you're right why did we have to have kermit the frog you know, tell me I can be a man. I'm not that I needed him to, because I yeah, was probably right. be a man but,
0: anyhow, you know? But. Yeah. Well, well that's because we, we cowboy for a living. That's a, we, we like, right, we're, right. We're, 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 men, we're men every day, but like, <laughs> right. but like, why did you need the, like the blue collar, you know, worker to have Jordan Peterson, who like, I, I saw him like his last, uh, episode of, uh, Joe Rogan. He, he was wearing high water pants, and like, I don't, I don't understand why, uh, you know, like me and you, like I, I wear a 36 inch inseam, but I, I, I buy a 40 so I can roll up the cuff because, uh, also like if, if that wears out, I can, I can roll them down and, and and tie a new hem or have my wife uh, sew a new hem and then I, I can keep wearing those pants. But like, I, I don't wear high water pants. And especially not on purpose, uh, you know. Like if I, if I'm going to Joe Rogan, I'm gonna look like the most slicked out buckaroo like, you've ever seen, and I'm gonna have like the the stiffest mustache wax you'll see because I I want to look as cowboy as I possibly fucking can if I'm gonna be on that big of a a podcast if I'm going to be the guy that's telling you to act like a man, I'm not going to wear high waters (laughs) to the Joe Rogan podcast, you know? Uh, But, but anyhow, Jordan Peterson makes a lot of great points, but like, when did it take a guy that wears high water pants to tell us it's okay to be a man? Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) Just, just, just be a man.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right, but that's you know I mean this is just the I don't know the downward spiral of 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 not having a moral absolute in our, our nation anymore. You know anything goes kind of a scenario. You know that you know I I don't well I know how many genders are out there. There's two. We were created male yeah. and female. Period. I know how yes. many are out there, but how many false perceived ones are out there? And so you know it's it's. When we start becoming a pick and choose society, you can pick this, you can pick that, you can be, you know, you know, whatever you want. Well, no wonder. I mean, no wonder people need somebody to cheer them on to be a man. But it also, I think, goes back to what we were talking about. I don't know, whatever the Z's, X's, Y's, whatever. Yeah. reality is, is the reality is, is, is too, is, is. The, the, the younger generation needs an example of what manhood is. Yes, you know, sir. And, and <clears throat> you know, I've I've had people tell me, well, my kid can't learn to work because we live in town. I'm like, yeah, you can. There's a garbage to take mm. out. There's dishes to do. You know, like I messaged you before, not that I'm great at doing dishes with my family, but my boy and my daughter and all of us need to do dishes together. Teach yep. them to be that man. <clears throat> it's as manly to do dishes for my wife as it is to go choke a year later yeah you know and so it's this example that we have to set that that you know it resounds beyond our culture it resounds in everything that you know i tell people you know you, you, if you live in an apartment i bet you there's garbage in the hallways your kids can go pick up there's garbage yeah. out in the playgrounds you know and so i think that's the whole there's thing there's an is, old lady
0: that, down the block who could use their their lawn mode and guess what absolutely volunteer to do it and she might pay you 50 bucks you never know
2: absolutely you but know, if she doesn't
0: so, just mow it anyways because she's an old lady and like it's a, it's just a good thing to do now
2: you're absolutely right that's the whole thing is and so you know to get just the whole i guess put a cap on if you will this whole thing of a, you know we don't need a permission <laughs> to be a man we just need to be men you that's know right and, and, right. and it's, it's it's not a confusion you know i mean and I'm gonna say this in, in uh, and yeah, like I say, I'm a preacher, but I'm gonna say this. If you're confused what you are, pull your britches down. If there's something there, you're a man. Start <laughs> acting like one.
0: Right. Period. Right. I I think you're I think you're right. And like Yeah, yeah it just Yeah, I that there that's the uh, I've made so many jokes over the, the past uh 6 months about how how men are just uh showing women how good we are because we're taking over all their sports too but but it's just like ah, how, how are people accepting this as as reality that that's the part that don't that I don't get it's like that, there there is a man with a literal dick and balls there is reports of this dude walking around with his dick out in the locker room of the university of pennsylvania and just won a women's gold medal in the ncaa he's not even trying to hide the fact that he's got a dick and balls and i and i apologize i know you're i know that you you have a <laughs> you, church and you're whatever you're not- you're
2: not, off, you're not yeah. offending me no you you're 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 going down trust me i i mean you're you're going down the same road as i would because, yeah because I, I mean you, you asked the question i can tell you why because w- there's no moral absolute truth to most people's lives anymore yeah you're Part you're right on this, that y- you know we we sit and let uh social media and hollywood and and, and I mean, we in the newspaper, and I mean, you can go through so many people that are influencing our thinking. And, and the reality is, is a lot of people won't think for themselves, or if they see something, are they searching the truth of it out or the yeah. facts of it out? You know, just I can sit here and tell you something and, and. You can take it at face value and be like, yeah, that's right. Or you have a choice to say, you know what? I want to know the truth about that. I want right. to know the facts right. of that out. And and so many people, you know, I just actually deleted my Facebook app for a while. I was just yeah it just brings me such discontent and anxiety no. at times yeah, you're, I just, I get, you're better off, you know, you're I, better off. There, there's so many there's things I like about it I like you know I got some friends that drive horses and I like looking at some of the cowboy yeah, stuff but there's so much of it and, and yet I'm sitting here thinking this is shaping my thinking pattern and, and the reality is, is with the algorithms and stuff they know how to manipulate us by mm-hmm. what we've looked at in the past And so, you know, we're sitting here, this whole society. And so they're they're programming so many people. And so without people saying, I'm going to set a moral, absolute truth in my life. And trust me, I've had points in my life that that moral, absolute truth was obscure. I'll just say it that way. You know, I knew what moral (laughs) truth was, but it wasn't that I lived it out. And, you know, so and and so it has to be communicated. How, How? where where are we getting our source of truth? Where are we getting our source of news? Where are we getting our and news is a dangerous word to oh, use. Oh fuck but, yeah! And <laughs> and just because just because I sit here and hear you know something on the news, it, it, am I going to actually search it out and see if it's actual news, or am I just going to say, well that's it, I'm good good with it, you know? And so that's. that's how i would say we've gotten to where we're at
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and and i'll be honest you just take a guy like him i think there's so many wrong motives in his life that it just stinks it just it just reeks of so many wrong motives you know is it's not just about you know a, a bad moral truth there's so many wrong motives to so much of this stuff that's going on that uh you know um you know who knows it might be he just one of that is just playing for fame he might go straight now yeah i don't (laughs) know you know
0: yeah who who, who the hell knows (laughs) it's it's uh yeah it's wild but anyways (laughs) it's uh it's it's a wild world we live in but i i you know i i look at people like like dan hartman (laughs) like every two days you, you know when when Dan's back in cell phone territory because he he'll, he'll post something on Facebook and it's usually pretty funny, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I just I look at a guy like that and he's uh like he he's just as old school as they get and uh, but yet he's still living here in 2022 so I, I have no I have no doubt in 2050 there's going to be somebody like Dan Hartman out there. And maybe not. They maybe they're not going to be Dan Hartman. There's only one Dan Hartman, but there's going to be somebody like him. And it, maybe it's going to be in Montana. Maybe it's going to be in Arizona. And may, fuck, maybe it's in Illinois. I don't know. Who knows where is where the world's headed anymore? Like there there's a lot of people moving around the country uh, nowadays. And yeah, uh, you know, like. You never know where the cowboy's going to go, but I, I can tell you that the cowboy's going to move because they've always moved, and uh, you're, you're going to find somebody like a Dan Hartman 50 years from now. Because at the end of the day, there's still going to be cows that need taken care of, and uh, that's that's what we do. At the end of the day, like we 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 can bitch, we can complain, we can agree, and we can disagree. But the only, the one thing we have in common is we throw a saddle on the horse in the morning and we and we take care of cows.
2: Absolutely, you're absolutely right. And you know, I mean, we. I mean, like I said, I love Danny.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because there's he's, so many, he, I get so he's many a hoot. G- I, I love that guy. You so, love.
2: Yeah, you just get so many giggles out of him because you don't know what he's gonna post and when he's gonna post it. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the other hand, uh, it, it Matt is is you don't, know, whether it's Dan Hartman down there in southern Montana or you down there in Nevada or me here in central Montana the reality is is and I just I just want to encourage uh, you and I and the people that are listening to this you know I don't even know what the guy's name was that swam because I could care less his name. I care less is he's got an absolute problem is what it boils down to. But the reality is is I think it just nails and boils down to is let us be. An example. Let us be an example of what true manhood is and moral character and excellence to the world around us. That is, is is, I don't know CNN or NBC or any of them ever going to magnify us? Probably not. No. But our neighbors will. Our neighbors will see it, and our neighbors' kids will see it, and the other guy that you're you're cowboying with will see it. And I think that's where it boils down to is. You know, the media, the media ain't going to sell newspapers by saying, you know, well, Bill Ploof drove his team to go get a load of wood with his family. That ain't going to sell newspapers, but some whack job that that decides to, to, to swim, you know, in the opposite sex swimming competition that sells newspapers. So it's, it's just a driven thing like that. And so, you know, yeah, I love Dan Hartman. And I think he's a great guy. And you're right. There's going to be the next Dan Hartman out there but you and I and everybody that's listening to this podcast can also be that guy for our, our sphere of influence that they can look at us and say, that's what a man looks like.
0: Well, and I can also say this, like I've told a lot of, a lot of jokes about current events and, uh, and you know, people have downloaded those podcasts, uh, you know, pretty decently. Um, but the two most, uh, or I, I'd say the two guests that, that have, uh, have been downloaded the most have been Boots O'Neill and Dan Hartman. And, uh, you know, like a long shot, like a lot more downloads than any other episode that I've ever had. Uh, so people still love Cowboys and people, people like what Cowboys are about. Cause, uh, like if, if you're talking Cowboys, uh, I'll give you like four names. It's my dad, Wes McKinley, Scott Hall, boots O'Neill and dan hartman like those those are those are sure enough cowhands. uh and those those are my most popular episodes so uh people still like that stuff
2: right on right on
0: yeah so anyway uh bill this this's been uh been a really good good visit i i've sure enjoyed uh thank you for for uh sitting down with me i, I do appreciate it
2: Oh, absolutely. No, I've enjoyed it. You know, like I said, a lot of anticipation, excitement, wonder what it was going to be and where to be. And uh, you know, I mean, I could sit and tell story after story, but you know, it's old oh man, it's knocking on nine o'clock close to the old man's bedtime here, but now that's all good. But you know, I just appreciate this and I appreciate you uh, inviting me on and you know, I just hope maybe someday we can meet face to face and shake hands and sit down and tell some more cowboy stories with each other. So man. thanks Matt for having me on
0: man. I, I'd, I'd really enjoy that. I, uh, and, and any, any other time you want to come on, you got something you want to say, let me know. And we'll, we'll figure something out.
2: Oh, uh, you bet. Maybe I can get on one of them bull sessions. I listened to one of them that one the other day and I thought, man, that's pretty fun too. So, you know, I, so I like appreciate that. it.
0: those are my favorite, you know, other, other than, uh, just, I like the one-on-ones. There, there's there's certain people that I'll I'll say like I, I need to say. Uh, well, and I, I'm glad you said let's do one-on-one. But the the bull sessions are a lot of fun because you never know where they're gonna go. You just yeah you, you have no right. idea. Yeah, like you're just, you're 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 talking to cowhands and um it gets a little western. So, <laughs> but but I, but I, <laughs> I, I I enjoy it and people like it, but. Either way, uh, Bill, man, I, I sure do appreciate your time. Uh, it's been an honor and, uh, you're welcome back anytime.
2: Well, thank you, sir.
0: Well, uh, make sure before we go, let everybody know where they can find you, uh, let your wife's YouTube, all that. Let's, uh, let's, let's yeah. see yeah. if we can yeah. help yeah, you out. Any.
2: Oh, I appreciate it. It's DLC at a Life of Heritage. And then I'm on Facebook, Bill Plouffe, you know, and, and uh, like I said, I kind of took a little break on the Facebook thing right now. I was just kind of getting a little irritable about some things and trying to get my focus a little better and stuff. But, uh, you know, and just, if, you know, I, I'm 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 there for people, you know, and and like and I, I, I'm i not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus, you know, and I'll pray for anybody. You know, I'm, I'm there to reach out to, you know, right now we're in hard times and. And I, I'm I'm going to talk a little bit as a pastor for a second here, Matt. But Go ahead. You know, one of the things that has bothered one of the things that have bothered me and really breaks my heart is when we get in these economic hard times, is the suicide rate amongst agriculture goes up drastically. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like I say, uh, I'm I'm there for you. You you reach out to me with a phone call, or I mean, excuse me, a message on on Messenger, or or you know, just whatever way you can get a hold of me. I'm there for you, and I'm there to lean on, to pray for you, to encourage you. You know, this morning, I, I the Lord had given me a, a scripture for a good friend of mine, and I sent it to him, and I said, hey, the Lord told me to send this to you. And he's like, wow, that's awesome. Thank you. You know, and and, and I say that because I know at times I need encouragement, you know. And so I guess, like I say, I'm, I'm here for this community. I'm here for um, for for the cowboy world and Mac, if you would let me, can I just pray over our community right now and then and close the show? And if you don't want that, I'm okay with that too.
0: No, uh, th- that that's fine. I was gonna say uh, on on that note, I, I, I'm the same way. Like if if you're if you're you're feeling like like there's no way out, there there's always another way out. Like there's always somebody to talk to, and and I, I don't want that call. But if you if you need uh like if you need somebody to talk to, like you can get a hold of me. I promise you, like, you know where I'm at on social media. And like I said, I it's not something I want to do. But it, like if you got nothing else, like you give me a call and I'll answer like that. That's there's There's always another way. And uh, and yeah, Bill, I, I I'm I'm fine with that. I, like We haven't ever done this before, but hey whatever it's uh i I appreciate your time and and uh, i respect that so let's uh yeah go go for it sir
2: well father i thank you right now that even in the midst of this hard time in the economy and even in agriculture that you're not shocked and you're not surprised that you're the god that supplies all our need according to our riches and glory in christ jesus and so father right now just for all the 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 struggling hurting agriculture community and even our nation as as a whole uh, Father, that we know you haven't given up on us and that you sent your son Jesus to die for us and that you care about us. And so right now, I just thank you that you're working in each and every one of our lives. And right now, if there is anyone struggling, Father, I ask that you just embrace them. You wrap your arms around them and you encourage them. And Once again, if they need somebody, just help them to reach out to their friends and neighbors, Matt or I. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Bill, I appreciate you.
2: No, oh, I, I appreciate you, Matt. I'm I'm going to listen to you more just because it, it just it's fun, and I thank you for for making the world aware of what a cowboy really is. So thank you again for having me, and hopefully we can speak again.
0: No, any anytime you want to come back, you let me know, and we'll we'll, we'll do it again. I appreciate you and uh, everybody else. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight.
1: Daddy was an old-time preacher man. He preached the word of God throughout the land. He preached the plain of could understand. Yes, Daddy was an old-time preacher man.
3: He told the people of the
0: need to pray. He talked about God's wrath and judgment day. He preached about. Hot that you could feel the
1: heat. Daddy was an old-time preacher man, and Leona would get up to testify. As we'd sing in the sweet by and by, then we'd sing.
3: Bibles and camp meetings went for weeks
1: Folks came from all around to hear him preach Daddy said if one is saved it's worth it all But the aisles
3: were always filled at altar call
1: Daddy was an old time preacher man He preached the word of God throughout the land he preached a so plain a child can understand Yes, Daddy was an old-time preacher man Daddy worked for God but asked no pay For he believed that God provides a way We never had a lot but we got by I guess, guess it's cause the Lord, Lord was on my daddy's side Yes, Daddy was an old-time preacher man in the sweet. Hey.